0: Welcome back to another exciting week in the Web 3 Universe. I'm your host, the mayor, and you're listening to the best NFT media nominated NFT and Chill podcast, the show that discusses interesting topics with artists, creators, and thought leaders from the web three space. On this week's episode, we'll be doing an NFT artist spotlight on threesomes. We'll be talking about his collection, how he got started, and the infamous and exclusive Garrado community. So sit back and chill, while we explore the exciting world of NFTs together. All right, we got a great show for you today. My guest on the show is an artist I've come to know from his time in the Bass Fish Mafia community. So threesomes, you want to give yourself a little introduction here?
1: I'm an NFT artist, uh, but predominantly I'm a, a physical artist. I, I paint physically. Right now, my project threesomes, I, I work on vintage baseball cards and I, I paint them with gouache. So I physically paint my pieces and then I photograph them digitally and, and convert them into NFTs. So I'm about, oh, what are we now, about eight months in uh, to the project. Some 450 mints, which puts this, I think I've dropped... Not counting the the ninety thousand mints that we did last week, close to seventy five, eighty thousand total mints across uh, mainly across the Tezos platform, but I also do ETH uh, more exclusive stuff on the ETH side. Oh wow, eighty? How many mints did you say? Ninety thousand? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, meanwhile, we burned down. I built a lot of utility into my pieces, so, so the community and the collectors uh, are tasked with the, the question of, of whether they're going to hold their stuff, uh, if today's the day they sell it because it's appreciated so much, or they burn it for utility to, to become other things or give them the chance at, at buying or uh, unlocking new stuff. So a lot of pieces get burned.
0: That's very cool. So, when I first started hearing about what you had going on, I always thought it was like, you know, small batch works, 100 in the collection, maybe 12 in a collection. So, how did you get to 90,000 mints?
1: Uh, well, it comes in with that, that concept of utility. So, the, the Tez chain, Tezos, it allows for pretty much gas free transact, uh, meaning it doesn't cost us about a penny. And so that allows me to imbibe all this utility, meaning if you burn 10 of these or five of these and five of those, uh, then it'll unlock it, whether it's a, a, an option to buy or a, a new piece itself. As a result, I've built these these specific tokens. They're paintings, but they're minted sort of in large quantity, and then they get used. So there'll be days where... You might burn 100 or 150 of them to enter drawings or or to have access to a new drop. And then as they get burnt down, of course, they pick up scarcity uh, and even more increased value beyond their utility.
0: It keeps people on their toes and kind of more active, I guess you can say, because they can do more stuff without having to spend
1: more. Right. No, absolutely. And they, and they watch as their, their collections grow in, in value and, and demand, especially on some of the older stuff. We we say uh, the, the sort of tagline that, that I came up with initially was just all three systems have future utility. And meaning, you know, what's announced is the utility today. You can rest assured that there will be more utility added.
0: That's what I wanted to get into, like the world you're creating. Growing up, I loved baseball cards, collecting baseball cards, like playing baseball. It was huge for me. So your collection always kind of speaks to me because they're like vintage baseball cards, but like yet you're making art out of it. How did you get to that point?
1: And were you like an artist before this like hit you? Honestly, uh, I wasn't. I was pretty old in life, but I picked up a brush to deface some baseball cards. I I grew up as a ball player. I mean, I I was a collector of cards and a baseball player and eventually just a baseball player. (laughs) had that weird thing where my mother should have known better to have kept my collection. But it so happened that as I got older, she got rid of my childhood collection, which was substantial. And so I found myself in my 30s. I've got kids, and and they were young enough at the time that they're sort of interested in... In baseball, and I, I started buying cards again. And so I spent my 30s amassing another hundred, you know, a few hundred thousand cards, probably 400,000 cards. And one day, now in my 40s, I looked around and I said, Why the fuck do I have these things? <laughs> right? I mean, it's like, why am I at this point where I have so many of them again? And that's when I started to deface them by painting them. I'm less than four years into to actually painting uh, in my lifetime. And, and the main focus originally was just on these cards. It went from from sort of punny, vandalism type, you know, graffiti maybe, uh, into to really playing out a narrative that, that I tapped into from my youth where I was an only child and lived in the mountains and had this sort of fantasy land, you know, play pattern where I made up this imaginary baseball universe. And so 35 plus years later, I, I started tapping into that, built out what is now a pretty expansive version of that imaginary baseball universe. So right now we have uh, seven teams that have been released, but we're planning on doing 24 teams. Very cool. Very cool.
0: See, that's what I love about it. You know, it is the vintage baseball aspect of it. And then you've made art into it, changing it to kind of your own imagination. You've created these
1: imaginary players. You know, these are these are not Baseball teams in the traditional sense. Got a team that's made up entirely of ex-boyfriend. So those are the exes. You've got a team that's Roman Catholic Cardinale. They're, they're, you know, priests and cardinals. So the idea of, of imagining the Cardinale playing the cat moms, which is another team and so on and so forth. Then it, then, you know, these are, it's not just a bunch of baseball players. It's kind of the opposite. It's what would happen if the name of your team really Referred to what you were. Got the X's because they all are ex boyfriends. The positions they play are not pitcher and catcher. It's, you know, uh, left to pursue a podcast or bad kisser. So the, the reason that they're an X.
0: So with the X's, because that's kind of one of my
1: favorites, is it one woman's ex boyfriends? Oh, maybe woman or man. Sure. I like to think of it as one individual's. <laughs> lineup of us. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I think it's a hilarious hilarious concept, right? Imagine having to play a team where everybody's your ex <laughs>
0: <laughs> And you know they like are they at odds with each other sometimes? Like it's it's hysterical.
1: Right. That's and so that's as we've gone through it. You know, initially, people just saw the the teams. The first team that I did were the NFTs. They were all NFT artists. That's how I introduced it. And so you had Mad Dog Jones and Fuck Render and Pack on the same team. The next one were Movie Monsters. We kind of took it away from... Because everybody thought at first that I was just going to be the the NFT artist baseball card guy. They saw... so So now we're like... Okay, these are movie monsters. Okay, the next ones were Xs, then submissives. But eventually we started trading players from one to another. So Mad Dog Jones, who's famous for, you know, including cats in his paintings, gets traded to the cat Moms, And so now you start to see that there are sort of layers to them. And as we've gone through all of this, there's a lot of interactivity and interconnectivity between these teams and the players. And players will make multiple appearances on multiple teams over different years and different eras. And so now I think that the community that's that's been around for a while and knows the whole project really does understand that there truly is a story being told here that is more than just a bunch of baseball teams. There's, yeah.
0: yeah, I love that. You kind of have this world you're creating. The whole time, it's like fluid, you know, because it's coming yeah. from your mind. People are like enraptured by it, you know, the grotto... like. We can go into the grotto after this and kind of like the culture and like what that is, because I'm intrigued by that. I I met you in Miami for the Bass Fish Mafia event, and then I'll be seeing you this weekend in Vegas, and I'm stoked for that. So the grotto is something that I'm intrigued on. Um And you know, one other thing before we go into that, I love how you've only been doing this for four years, like art, that just speaks to how the NFT world, like anybody can get in and be successful as long as you know, you're
1: willing to put the work in. Yeah, no, that's, that's the one thing that almost sounds too good to be true as a part of the story, right? But it really, I didn't have to fight my way through the traditional art world of exposure in galleries i could take it on myself to put my project out there and i you know i I, i'm not platform-based i now have a a deal with for drops on nifty gateway um come up in june but before that i'm platform agnostic i mean i've the tez side has allowed me to make things open seas allowed me to make things and get things out there without having to rely on curation or a gatekeeper or or anything like that and build a very substantial (laughs) collector base and following and and uh you know i mean you know my stuff is, is worth multiple millions of dollars in market cap now like many right? Uh, that the collectors get to you know, enjoy and, and grow and foster that that economy to it you know, so yeah. I, yeah i'm very fortunate it's it's life-changing on a lot of levels
0: yeah it's fantastic and that's kind of what decentralization is is all about and the nft community i mean some people want to gatekeep but overall i mean the fact that anybody can get in is just incredible you know you said something about about your collectors and your base they're more uh on the rabid type i would probably was that a good description rabid
1: uh Yeah, it's a very, very dedicated group. So the Grotto is a, it's a 1970s cocktail lounge. That's sort of the the backdrop to to the Threesome's Baseball League and where I hang out and where the collectors hang out. We opened it up in June, and by early September, we'd grown from nothing to 600 members. But 600 members was sort of on the verge of it being larger than than I could handle as far as direct interaction and communication with everybody i'm very protective of of the community and and the marketplace and to do that I, i needed to to sort of know who had my stuff and what their intentions were and so in september we closed the doors and started actually sort of weeding people out and i took it down right now we're 375 active members but there's a wait list to come in really don't let new people in very often um And you sort of, there's like an essay section on the wait list and and it's, you know, we take it seriously as far as, you know, what are your intentions with the project? And the reason being that the people who are here, those 375, are like you said, rabid. I mean, they're tent and focused and cooperative in the project. It it, it needs, for the way that it plays out and what we have ahead of us, what we've already done is is remarkable, but where we're going with it, it needs sort of buy-in. It needs connection. It needs commitment. There's, you know, the fact of the matter is in the NFTs space, there's so many projects and so many opportunities for speculative success that you have people sort of bounce project to project and see how, you know, can they make a little money here? Can they make a little money there? And that's that's certainly a part of the world. It's a part of the NFT scene. But for me, I I don't want that around. I don't I I, I feel it's unfair to the collectors who who Put the energy and the focus in to have somebody come in and just sort of game the system for a week to make a little cash. And no, so, I love that. So I protect them a lot. And it's why it's become, not only because of the project, but the, the real life experiences as you guys know at Basefish, it's a major part of it, right, is is the, the, the meetups and the and the the events and the camaraderie we have in real life. I'm not going to share that with just anybody. So we, we've got a closed community, but it makes for this just amazing community. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I've got 375 close friends is the way I look at it have built a very strong community that just likes to be together.
0: I mean, that's the dream because, you know, when you have something like that with the saturation in the market, when you have something like that, I mean, you'll be able to stand anything that comes into the market.
1: Yeah. And and the the levels of trust that we have with each other and with the project, we just had... It's interesting. We had two major holders liquidate sort of around the same time. They've been basically since day one. Uh, one of them, you know, just had a, a, a different focus they wanted to take. They really there's another project that they just said, you know what, I'd like to throw all my money into that project and run with it. Initially, it was a little bit of a shock to see these people sort of trying to move out quickly, price wise, compared to what the solid floor had been. And what it did is it it didn't take but three weeks. For like huge collections, people had gotten every every painting basically for for six months, right? For them to just get absorbed by the community, the new guys who there was this amazing moment that all these rare pieces were finally available, and to have taken not just that, but actually come out of it with a higher floor, and come out of it with a higher floor than you went into it, and that that speaks to to, to the community understanding the project and and sort of where we're going. And I don't think that happens if you just have casual participants.
0: Yeah, really what you're looking for, I mean, if you're, you know, ahead of a project or on the team is you need a certain amount of loyal holders as sort of like a base. And, you know, the flippers and people who will, who aren't as active in the community, because this is the, the issue that sometimes projects with, you know, 10K or, or 8K or even more have is, you know, the people who aren't active will all of a sudden out of nowhere just dump uh, their collection you know, that can significantly hurt the floor and, you know, cause issues in the in the market for that collection. So, I mean, you kind of have a, a dream scenario going here. And, you know, the exclusivity of it, I think, is, you know, another thing that kind of lures people into it because there's like a mystery around it
1: yeah yeah we've we've certainly played into that and then our our appearances you know we were in new york and for for NYC and um miami for art basel which is where we met up we did a a boston event i'm supposed to be in denver this last week but i i'm dealt with some sickness so i pulled out of it you know we've built a mystique as as being sort of a destination (laughs) Right. It's a place you want to hang out. We call it Grotto After Hours, but it's set up that after all the parties gone on in whatever event in that city, then you find yourself at the Grotto. And then we, we get started at, you know, two or 3 a.m. and roll until, uh, way into the, the midday hours. Um, but that's, that's a part of the whole mystique that adds to that exclusivity. And how do you get in there? Well, you got to be in the Grotto or you got to know somebody in the Grotto or you got to do that. And we built a nice little community around that. The ETH side of it is Three Z's, which is yes. a collection. The first, the first 100 I, I dropped, they're, they're, you know, they're waiting to be revealed here in the coming days. And it's a neat. Anything, it references all of the work in threesomes. And so it's a collectible project similar to Basefish, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, where you've got one character or one image with a number of traits applied to it. Threesies is the, my persona. It's the, the PFP that everybody associates with me. Okay. That was the first edition of Threesies. And so what we've done is we've taken that image. It's a painting. Um, the traits, the way that in Basefish, you've got, you know, a broken bottle or a fedora and a bow tie, right? All all of the traits that are applied to this are references or pieces of the eight teams, uh, the the eight series, the the 200 plus traits that we that I painted on everything else. So you can you can get a three Zs that, and the way that they're they're distributed is we built an algorithm that sources the the operation uh, transactional hash uh, identifier for every transaction when they bought them at drop. I took that information and it told me exactly what to paint on it. It said, okay, so you're going to paint the Cardinale hat and a cat mom's cat, and, you know, uh, an ex-boyfriend's RV, right? Oh, that's actually really cool. And so I didn't know what I was going to paint until I was told by the algorithm what to paint. Then I physically have been painting these. Like I said, I got sick for a little bit that slowed me down, but I'm almost done now with the paintings on those. They'll be revealed as such. And it's, you'll get a piece that will have between five and nine traits, uh, that are directly from the existing piece. For example, if you have cardinale trait, you can, you can use that trait that's on your threesies to then sort of skip the line on other utilities that are, are surrounding, surrounding the, the cardinale. Instead of having to burn three cardinali to defrock one, you get to just defrock one, but to do that, you have to trade in your three trait. You plug that NFT back in. That NFT represents a physical card, but you plug it back in. You say which trait you're going to use when there's a trait window, and then because I work in gouache, which is water soluble, I can actually erase or paint over a painting. And so when you do that, I will alter the actual physical piece. So if you use a Cardinale hat in your redemption, basically, I'll wipe that cardinale hat off the painting that you got at a drop it. so it's ever evolving physical painting that's then being transformed visually the neatest part of all of this is three z's is the only opportunity that any of my collectors have to receive the physical painting so at any point they can burn their three z to receive the actual physical painting oh that's and- that's very cool so you have to decide, do I want to get it with all the traits on it as it is, or do I want to use some of the utility and keep having me alter the painting until you're ready to take it? Um, right now, the floor is like 3.3 um, with only three of the 100 even listed for sale. And that's pre-revealed. Nobody even knows yet what they, what exact traits they're getting.
0: So you had
1: your initial drop of 3Zs was 100? Right. Exactly. There'll be nine nine drops of a hundred, and you'll need to have one from each drop to unlock the the tenth drop. That'll be a free air drop to anybody that completes all nine.
0: Oh, that's very cool. So. How long have have they been unrevealed, the first 100?
1: They dropped in January, um, and there was going to be two weeks before reveal, and then I got the worst bout of COVID that you can imagine. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I got knocked out and uh, have just gotten back to painting in the last 10 days or so. And so, like I said, literally, the, the plan right now, knock on wood, is that uh, before I leave for Vegas, the, the reveal happens. We're very, very close. You know, I know all of these guys. <laughs> Even the Threesies people who came in and bought on ETH that I didn't know, we've since welcomed them into the grotto, and now they know what's up. And so. You know the community is like no 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 you feel better you take your time we can wait it's fun to wait we're all just excited
0: yeah I keep I keep stressing that this is it's a marathon like the nft space is is' not a race we're, it's we're still early there's always going to be a little pullback and then a pickup I mean coinbase hasn't even launched yet so it's it's amazing that your the grotto is in that mindset where it's it's a marathon you know get done when you need to get done we're waiting to See what, what the reveal well, looks like. That's we cool. had to
1: learn that. We had to learn that. I was, for six months, I was working 22 hours a day and sleeping every few days. <laughs> so <laughs> I I'm sort of, I think I put myself in the position that I just had worn myself out physically to the extent that when I did get COVID, I didn't have any defenses left. You know, they, they've helped me sort of realize that they're patient and can can wait for it. The the Therese's project, from a traditional art standpoint, is the first of its kind. It's literally never been done that that a physical painter is allowing the algorithm to determine what work will be, but also then giving the collector, the owner of the piece, the right to sort of alter it at whim. You know, put me in a position to then repaint it, and so it's it's this really neat interplay. And so in that regard, like I kept it very hush hush for a very long time until we were ready to drop, and di- I dropped that, and we sold out. You know. And I did it with five tweets and no PR, no, no, no <laughs> website, no, no launch parties, no anything, you know, because, um, I wanted to keep it under wraps mechanic and, and just approach in general to bridging the physical world with the NFT world. I do kind of want to get it out there. <laughs> I'm the guy. Right. Um, not I, again, we do, we joke all the time in the grotto that this is the, the greatest NFT project in the world that nobody's ever heard. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> um, and we we kinda that we take that pride at the same time, you know, on the Tez blockchain as far as individual artists, you are not collectible drops um, but just an individual artist drop and the second largest market cap in all of blockchain right and we've done that just sort of word of mouth between us yeah <laughs> so, like in whispers right exactly um, <laughs> and it's worked I mean like I said I'll, I'll be having the nifty drop and, and we're on board for for three three drops there which will be I, I'm very happy and I'm very proud to be on it it's going to be the one year that my drop will be June 2nd the first one, which is the one year anniversary of my first mint so I thought that was kind of neat to do it that way very appreciative but at the same time we don't need it. Like the, the, we could just be the grotto and run our little insular little bubble here forever.
0: Yeah. Congratulations on Nifty Gateway. That is, that is a huge gap. It's a difficult uh, platform to, to be on base fish mafia got on it and it was, it was a pretty big deal, but they don't take just anybody.
1: So that's, that's pretty yeah, huge. Yeah. No, exactly. I'm very excited. And it's nice. It's going to be, you know, a curated drop. It'll be, you know, my drop that day, the only guy dropping in a whole bit. So it's going to be fun.
0: Yeah, that'll get that'll definitely get your uh, get some eyes on the project for sure.
1: I, I gotta say this because I know a bunch of uh, fish are, are going to listen to you and uh, listen to this. As much as I love the grotto and and um, and I do, I mean, they're my best friends in the world, right? I love the base fish community and I love the project. You know, I'm excited. I I, I quietly put together. You know, I I own close to eighty eighty five fish, something like that, along with a lot of rare ones and a lot of animated stuff and. I think it's a great project and it's been fun to watch since I sort of started looking at it. And when I started dipping my toes in after Miami, uh, t- trying to do it quietly to where we are now to watch the community sort of really get its footing. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun. I, I think, I think as overall, it's, it's one of my favorites. And that's why we have the, the interaction. There is definitely a crossover and a sort of synergy with the grotto and, and, uh, fish mafia because it's the project has the right approach. It has the right team. And I think it has the Right energies. I don't see the negativity in base fish that you see in the majority of those ten thousand projects.
0: We've definitely called. It's taken a while to get to that point. Like just like you said with your your community, and, and we absolutely love having you. Um, it was a perfect fit. Miami was awesome. Vegas. I can't wait for you know the community. The people we have in our community right now, they're incredible. We're definitely cultivating something very cool. And it's been a really great thing having you in here. Some of your you know, people from the grotto have come in. Some of the base fish have come into the grotto. That kind of stuff is awesome to see in the NFT space.
1: So... We we can talk about it another time, but you know I have a, a, a phase of the project that of, of threesomes that we're going into here in the next so six weeks or so is a is a way for us to to get these communities really have a footing in the other community um, while doing it sort of together right um, allowing the base fish to participate in the grotto as base fish as a group as teammates basically and so it's going to be you know I'm they, they, I. I, I they're very picked, The the communities that we're we're doing that with, and I I believe you know when if we look back on this year now, a year from now or two years from now, that we're going to see a, a real way that goes beyond just the whitelist mentality.
0: Yeah, I think I think so too. The whole whitelist grinding, and you know, there's a lot of people in the space that are kind of moving away from that. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how this year plays out in the NFT space. I'm excited. So. We'll, we'll kind of leave it there. I want to leave some mystery for threesomes. I, I know there's going to be people from both communities listening in on this and, you know, the NFT space in general. So where can people find you threesomes besides the grotto and the base fish uh, discord? Because you don't have a, yeah. a website. So.
1: Right, right. Well, I, I do, I do have a website, but it, it, the, it actually just points you to the waitlist for the grotto. Threesomes, that's, and the, the E's are threes. So it sounds a little wacky when you start saying the threes, but it's really obvious when you start typing it out at threesomes is my Twitter, which I've got a link tree on there, which will get you into all of those other aspects, get you to the waitlist if you want to come into the grotto. You know, Twitter really is where that, where it's at. I do, I did one tonight and we'll be doing more and more of them. I've I've done them on occasion, but now it's going to be a fixed part where we Take that hour and a half LFG that we do daily, and one of them every week will be done on Twitter Spaces to give people who aren't in the Grotto access to it. Awesome! Awesome! And bring people up to speed. So for sure.
0: Well, Threesomes, I really want to thank you for coming on. It was a true pleasure. I think you know this is going to be a great episode. Miami and being in the Discord with you, this was an honor having
1: you on my show. So I appreciate appreciate it. And I look forward to this weekend. We're going to have fun.
0: And that's it for this week's show. I want to thank my guest Threesomes, for coming on and telling some Grotto State secrets. We'll be in Las Vegas this weekend with the Basefish Mafia community. Can't wait for that. And if you're not checking out Blockchain After Dark on Twitter Spaces every Wednesday at 10 p.m., you're missing out on some amazing content. So tune in next time when we're going to have another amazing episode from someone from the NFT community. We have a lot of great guests lined up. I can't wait. I'm the mayor. And you've been listening to the NFT and Chill Podcast.